Namaskar and welcome to weekly Global Insights episode 324. Today is the 21st of March, Monday, and here are the main points. Russia, Ukraine, Europe developments. Ukraine rejects Russia's demand to surrender besieged Mariupol. According to reports, as Mariupol siege continues, many captured Ukrainian civilians appear to have been taken to Russian camps as prisoners. The bombings in the Mariupol constitutes genocide and war crimes, according to evidence. Can Putin be held accountable? Only time will tell. Zelensky asks Israel, why not send arms to Ukraine, including the Iron Dome, as Russia demands surrender in Mariupol and sets a deadline of Monday. Sridharji, Namaskar, and what do you make of all the developments, sir? Namaskar. Uh, good morning to everybody. Well, first and foremost, um, uh, Ukraine has declined. So therefore, that's the, that's the news. They basically said, no, we are not going to surrender. We are ready to fight on. Uh, and all other fact, factors uh, that uh, you have outlined, which is effectively asking Israel for help, uh, asking uh, other people for whatever help they can, um, and Ukraine has basically stated that, okay, we are ready now. Uh, whatever is the consequences, we'll face the consequences and uh, we'll defend our nation. So I think we are now looking at, uh, you know, a, a humongous devastating uh, consequences. But I think Ukrainians are uh, going to fight on and they're not going to surrender and the people are not going to surrender either. So that's what we are looking at as we uh, speak, uh, Sriji. Sridharji, the way I understand these, uh, you know, peace talks, um, there is always a question of where the line is going to be drawn. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion that those two states that become Donbass is are they are they are going to be either independent with some sort of a umbilical cord attachment to Russia, or they are going to be annexed into Russia. What do you make of the remaining things? This is Mariupol. These are all a drive from the south, from Crimea. And now I think Ukraine is insisting that Russia even leave Crimea, isn't it? Well, I think um, for first and foremost, uh, that they could emerge as the negotiating points, which is the one that you mentioned, which is a normalization of the annexation that occurred, which is the Crimea around 2014. Uh, Russia has also demanded the two independent provinces remain independent. Um, and which uh, which Ukraine has declined. Uh, then I think some of the areas which we covered in one of the uh, one of the uh, sessions uh, up in the uh, northern northeastern corner that they acquired not too far from Kiev, one of the corridors. Uh, that as well is uh, is something that they are asking. But I think there are two essential conditions that I don't believe Ukraine is going to concede, uh, let alone all these factors. And those two conditions are, one is that Ukraine will not have an army to defend itself. I don't think they're going to concede. The second, I think, is which is they keep calling about this denazification of Ukraine. Um, you know, remember that uh, Zelensky himself is a Jew. So this is the red hearing that, uh, you know, Putin is trying to push. Now, if you get past this two, then there is another one which uh, Vladimir Putin has demanded which is making Russian the official, one of the official languages of Ukraine. So effectively, he is pushing to a corner where he is saying, Ukraine 
you you know i'm going to dictate the terms of what your constitution is and how you need to govern yourself i just don't believe that these conditions are going to be accepted and uh, even to make things worse i think he is trying to expand the scope of the war this is uh, mr putin so i just don't see that the three points that two points that you mentioned the donbas and crimea are just only those two are not going to be the uh, the issues that would be the resolution point for this war to end and russian foreign minister asserts that it is the united states that is urging ukraine to fight on than negotiate how much truth do you attribute to this statement sridhar ji well i think the lavrov is a diplomat right he is a very very seasoned diplomat um and so he has taken a position that zelensky would have surrendered uh, this is the position that uh, that's where lavrov is coming from if it is not for the encouragement from uh, you know the united states this to be honest this is actually far from the tr- truth the nations that are egging on uh ukraine or the baltic states and the adjacent nations it's the poland it's the uh, lithuania the, the the three baltic states lithuania latvia estonia uh it is also romania these are the nations they landed in the middle of a war and assured them all the support because the reasons are very simple next in the lineup of russia's target would be these nations so you know he can make as much as he wants in terms of lavrov can make that this is united states this is and there's also a media and there's also a whole segment of people who seem to think that you know this is all about biden's military complex and he's egging on and so on this man is not even landed he's not going to land uh in uh in in uh, in his trip in uh, ukraine whereas all the other nations they travel by train uh to ukraine so i think that there is a kind of deception that is being played out uh and i think there's a level of there are only two nations i mean israel as well visited you know turkey has visited germany and france have visited these are the nations that have actually been into ukraine to speak with the ukrainian people as well as the president well japan and turkey both assert invasion of ukraine breaches international law G7 leaders to meet in Brussels on Thursday to discuss the Russia-Ukraine standoff situation. Biden to visit Poland on his European trip this week and will Russia be expelled from global forums one of the topics under NATO 7 G7 consideration. I'll take the last one first. Sridhar ji, do you think Russia will get kicked out of the UN Security Council? That is the most important thing according to me because they can veto anything. Uh, so to me i think that the the uh, you know the way i uh, read the statement is what is implicit rather than what is explicit so united nations is defunct we have we have covered in many a times in our sessions that united nations is toothless spineless organization it has no relevance to solve any global problems of course you know many people may disagree with us but that at least disagree with me that's a different story i think the centerpiece of the g7 discussions the centerpiece of the g7 discussions is going to be around one single most important issue russia is still allowed to trade its oil and those payments are going through the swift system through selected banks i'm not going to tell which banks but these are selected banks the day that is blocked is when i believe vladimir putin will come to the table 
because well, yes understood sir yeah uh, we we have a news item that we will cover on in some depth as we go down and we have a lot to cover today so stay tuned will nato members maintain solidarity to force putin to back down is a question biden to emphasize the same at the nato meetings germany in discussions with qatar for gas with an intent to cut off russia why was this not taken up earlier sridhar ji wisdom dawns late shriji that's the only answer that i can give i think germany has germany and france tried their best if you recall uh they were visited they tried to talk to vladimir putin but uh, it doesn't seem to have gone down so they he felt that uh germany is one of the strong allies and they're not going to bow out and so therefore he uh, called the bluff so germans are now calling the bluff they're basically saying we no longer have interest in russia now let us start exploring alternate options that's where that's where they're heading ji so the key player here is turkey because qatari gas has to pass through turkey in order to reach europe isn't it it is and and, and, and you, can turkey, you can see them emerge sir you can see them emerge as a key player or a surprise yes, yes. surprise yes yes well they are hosting peace talks and they are also now openly telling russia that they are wrong so there are these are two significant developments and i don't know how nato pulled it off but that's something it's like a coup i mean uh, i completely endorse your sentiments and i think turkey has come from outside i believe that now this is where i don't believe in the us story notwithstanding we are all from there and uh, the story is that i don't think turkey likes what is going on between united states and iran uh, on the, uh, the the nuclear deal so turkey is saying hey you know i am here remember Turkey is also a big supplier of its drones we covered this again to Ukraine. Yes, yes, yes it is, it is. Nobody asked for war. Russians defy Putin with online messages, but the MSM in Russia is directly under the control of Mr. Putin and his communist regime. So not much comes out. Could Poland emerge as a peacekeeping force in Ukraine to bring about a resolution to the war? Is Belarus likely to join war from the western front? Zelensky asserts that the evidence points to the same. So Sridhar ji now you're getting more countries sucked in even if Poland is going to be thought of as a peacekeeping force. I mean clearly that is something that will be on the anvil when the G7 meet. Uh yes sir I think the G7 meeting will focus more around the specific item that I talked about which is namely the last piece of the swift and cutting off the payments and cutting off the energy trade. Uh, that is still going on uh what the consequences are uh, i think that's the that that's what the rest the most of the g7 nations barring united states and japan are from europe so they got to stand up and answer the question uh as far as the belarus is concerned if belarus apparently there is they clearly see tank and troop movements from belarus remember russia launched its air attacks from belarus if that gets into the fray i think we are really getting into it's not a blind call that zelensky has said we are already in the middle of a world war i think that's what he has asserted with regard to poland poland has explicitly volunteered to be the peacekeeping force and act as a buffer because they are concerned that they are going to be drawn in another nation which we haven't covered is finland uh, they are also concerned whether they're going to be uh, drawn in because the russians threatened the fins as well as the sweets 
And in US news, Mitch McConnell tells media that Biden has to show Ukraine that it can win and get its defensive weapon systems quickly. Larry Kudlow says Iran nuclear deal is the worst possible foreign policy decision that has alienated several West Asia nations. I guess we just talked about this. Has Biden withdrawn Iranian Republican guards from the sanctions list? Why is that significant, Sridharji? Remember that uh, the recent attacks is from the Iranian Republican Guards. Iranian Republican Guards was, target, was targeted and they believe much of the problems that has occurred both in Israel as well as in Iraq was IRGC, Islam, is, uh, the Iranian Republican Guard uh, unit. Now, they were under the sanctions list. Now, have they been? There are rumors floating around. They are likely to be removed from the sanctions list. If that is the case, I think uh, Iranians may have insisted that if you want us to do the deal uh, and, uh, you know, if you want the 2015 oil accord, then we have to we have to be uh, we have to we have to have the uh, Iranian uh, re, uh, Republican Guard removed from the sanction list. Whether the Biden administration has blinked is the is a biggest issue. And Larry Kudlow is one of the first people to make a call on this deal. I think he was the Secretary of Commerce, wasn't he, in the uh, outgoing uh, Trump administration? Uh, he was the uh, economic advisor. Economic advisor. Got it. Got it. Um, as Hunter Biden laptop issue resurfaces, Saki seeks to Saki is the spokesperson of the White House seeks to quash questions about Russia and China conflicts of interest related to Hunter Biden. What new thing happened in this saga, Sridharji? Well, I think now uh, more and more information is coming out. Um, and it is, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, the mainstream media is covering. And I'm very cautious about it because the mainstream media completely went as took us on a, you know, different spiral uh, about on the eve of the presidential elections. So more truth is coming out. And I think New York Times story, which corrected itself that the laptop existed and, you know, some of the data within the laptop, uh, you know, it, there are, there's several things that were pointed out that uh, Biden has, uh, you know, interests with some of the Russian uh, members and Biden has, uh, this is Hunter Biden has interests with uh, the Chinese. So should that be the case? I think the media is asking the question, uh, you know, is this affecting Biden's ability to negotiate both with the Chinese and the Russians. And uh, and I think that's the question for which only Mr. Joe Biden and his team can answer. Well, Sridharji, uh, independent of all this, Sasha Gang and I have been running a series about how corrupt the top political leadership in the United States is. And it spans, it spans parties. This is not one party or the other. Uh, I'm really doubtful if any of the top people today, if they succeed Biden, that they can do any better job than this because each and every one of them has their own skeletons in the closet. This is just my observation. I don't want my, you to take my word for it. Just my observation. Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Jackson Hearings, resume on Monday with GOP focus, focusing on race, politics, child porn sentencing. So, Sridharji, this is the Ketanji Brown, isn't it, sir? Yes, Ketanji Brown. And I think that more and more issues are surfacing around her uh, past judgments and whether there has been some compromises. 
So uh, we saw the um, uh, Sarah uh, Leshkin being, uh, you know, uh, dropping out of the uh, Fed uh, governor post. Uh, whether this is going to happen to this lady remains to be a, is, uh, remains a big question mark. Again, everything depends on uh, Mr. Manchin, uh, Joe Manchin, and whether he is going to which way he is going to go. But certainly, some issues are propping up. As gas prices and inflation continues to tick up, not policies, but Putin to be blamed for the rising prices. Has Biden and company relented and expected to lift restrictions on government lands and see for increasing the drilling of current leases? Keystone pipeline still appears contentious. Um, I, I want to stop here for a minute and talk about this, Sridharji. U.S. has the maximum number of oil deposits in the land as well as off, off shore. It has been the policy of the United States not to drill for oil until they feel like the oil in Middle East is completely taken out. This has been there for many, many years. Do you think that is going to change? Well, firstly, uh, under the Trump administration, there was more leases and more licenses that were granted. Then the West Texas Brent, which is slightly an inferior version of the crude, was drilled and exported to countries. And the reprocessed was bought back by United States as well as exported on behalf of United States. One of the beneficiaries was India. So we turned from net importer to a net exporter and we began to build, you know, very positive economic momentum around that. The whole expansion of the program, both on the natural gas as well as the, the crude, was to build an economic uh, outcome that reduces the deficits but also brings tax benefits to the broader population. That was the whole thesis under which uh, the economic program of Trump was constructed. And which is this is where, you know, for example, though, because a lot of Indian uh, listeners, so Indian, uh, you know, India became the second largest uh, trading partner of uh, or the importer of oil from United States at a competitive price. So I think, gee, that this was very much on the cards. Of course, climate accord, progressiveness and the other kinds, this is where we covered again in one of the shows, whether the Russian money was involved with this pro-climate groups in influencing the decision to cut off many of these uh, initiatives and taking United States back. And there is a new variant in town of COVID called the BA.2, and this could lead to an uptick in COVID cases in United States. Earnings will be the focus in the markets with Fed providing clarity on rate hike and hikes to follow. Um, Sridharji, I think another rate hike is expected any time now, isn't it? There's three rate hikes expected during the course of the year. That is what the Jerome Powell statement is. You never get to know the timing, but uh, I think that they will see how the inflation response. Uh, I just don't see the inflation. I just see another rate coming before June 30th. I don't think we're going to have another rate cut in April, but certainly before June. Uh, if there are three rate cuts, there will be one before June, one before September, and they will assess whether they, they need one before, let's say, November 30th. Usually around November, between November and December, there should be another rate cut. 
So three more rate cuts are planned. This is the sequence uh, that they're looking at. And in Asia news, North Korea fires artillery into the sea as South Korea remains on a high alert. The U.S. destroyer transit close on the heels of Chinese carrier draws ire from China and calls the move provocative. China has fully militarized at least three of the South China Islands with anti-ship, anti-aircraft missile systems and other gear. Sridharji, we've been talking about this for months on months now about Chinese buildup in South Chi, Spratly Islands, you know, everything that we have covered in this in, at, at great length. Now we are seeing the actual thing play out, sir. Uh, it is. I think, uh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, first, first, without sounding repetitive, what we are witnessing here is whether this is a Putin Xi uh, drama to take the eyes off, uh, you know, the South China Sea. This was the whole the withdrawal from Afghanistan or the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the withdrawal from Iraq, the withdrawal from some parts of the Syria was all attributed to the focus on Indo-Pacific and South China Sea and technology and economic threat post in this region was attributed by Biden for his disastrous withdrawals. Now, what has happened? Now you have Russia egged on and energized by the dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. He has moved into Ukraine. All the nonsense that is being said, oh, well, you know, there was this, that, and so on. And, you know, he's being threatened. He is being threatened. He is encircled, all that kind of stuff. He has been encircled for, for a long time. But uh, Ukraine was not given any membership. And uh, neither, uh, you know, neither there were attacks carried out uh, into Russia. So I think that, that what we what you are seeing the U.S. generals point out is we have neglected and China is showing up. I think we covered again in one of the shows there are new drenches coming up of Cambodia and that part of the land is being occupied. Cambodia and China have a very strong relationship. So you can see the tentacles being extended. We also covered another area which is this Cosmary Skulls around the Philippines. Uh, which is an extension from the Sprotly Islands. There was a blockade attempted by uh, the Chinese. So you are seeing these things play out with complete neglect and eyes taken off by the United States. Myanmar army held accountable for Rohingya genocide per the new state directive from Biden administration. We'll have to wait and see what plays out of that. And let's take a quick look at India news. We are running a little bit behind, so I'm going to speed up a little bit, Sridharji, with your permission. India's narrative that there is no win-win situation and diplomacy, the only path, seems to be resonating with global leaders as it relates to Russia-Ukraine war. India believes and follows rules-based order. Quad leadership seems to have accepted India's position on the Russia-Ukraine war. So, Sridharji, we have been sort of a little bit on the middle in terms of what India's move should have been. So, now let's play this thing out. Do you think with Turkey now taking on the peace talk that it, the talks could switch to India sometime and India might make the play the you know peacemaker? No, India will remain where it stands, which is namely the, I think Modi has read the situation. There is no win-win. There is only lose-lose in this. So let's stay neutral. 
and let's not violate any rules and norms because this is going to upset and you can see he's continuing to uh you know trade with all other nations and expand his relationship with be it japan be it uh, south korea be it with australia and so on uh including uh india just uh you know uh, uh seems to have struck some kind of a deal with united states so no india will not be a mediator and russian attack on ukraine has shaken the global order asserts japanese pm kishida at the conclusion of india japan summit indian prime minister modi and japan's pm kishida concluded that their meetings in india and russia ukraine situation and india china border situation and crisis in indo pacific were discussed at their sessions both india and japan have expressed concern at the safety and security of the managing of managing nuclear installations in ukraine the looming humanitarian crisis and the path to diplomacy as the only way out of the fast escalating situation in the region were the conclusions from their sessions so as an you know more or less i think japan has said that we we see what you are saying and they are sort of endorsing india's view isn't it Australia has endorsed Japan has endorsed even United States has endorsed in uh, India's position basically saying uh, you know look we're going to stay neutral uh, we are not uh, taking positions uh, and we will abide, abide by uh, the rules and if you want us to engage with Russia we'll engage with Russia and we'll continue to deliver the same message they have been consistently delivering the same message both to Putin and Lavrov uh, that this cannot go on the humanitarian crisis is a disaster and uh, it's time you go back to the negotiating table this has been the message from india as well ji and maruti suzuki to invest 1.3 billion in india to make evs and batteries australia to invest 1500 crores of investments in india with focus on technology and critical minerals at the virtual summit to be held on monday australia accounts for 55% of global lithium production and much needed element for the a much needed element for the indian auto sector space defense renewable energy technology are the other areas of focus for investment and joint cooperation between the two quad nations so australia and i think the meeting should have taken place by now it is now evening of monday sir the meeting is concluded the meeting has finished i attended to parts of the virtual summit um so it's a very strong endorsement is the first time you are seeing um australia expand the scope of uh, the bilateral partnership space has come into the picture clean tech uh in the energies uh, clean energy uh clean tech energy sector has come into the picture uh, then they are also looking at uh, you know providing the lithium support for india um the other area which is of uh, very significant uh, importance is around the defense so you are now seeing australia as well expand its footprint it's surprising one of the areas they didn't touch on is the energy natural gas as well as uh, 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 petroleum so this is a, australia is a very big producer of uh, natural gas as well as the petroleum i'm sure that uh, that that may soon also come into the discussion if people have forgotten australia india have got logistical support agreement on the defense side as part of the quad that was one of the momentous decisions that uh, that was signed between the two uh, the two nations as part of the uh, quad arrangement 
and Israeli PM Naftali Bennett to visit India in April to discuss global situation and further expand areas of cooperation. Indian oil companies have also been stepping up oil exports from US and US is the second largest importer pushing Saudi Arabia to fourth position and UAE to fifth. I think I should read it incorrectly. I think US has become the second largest exporter of oil to India. Am I right, sir? Correct. Yeah. So, so uh, on that point, sorry, sir, yeah. if I have to comment uh, on that point, I think that this is what we have been saying, that this all happened during the Trump administration. Uh, and, you know, you can see that, uh, you know, India and United States, the bilateral trade volume went up as a result of this. And, and you might uh, notice, viewers, that the price at the pump in India hasn't gone up, despite warnings that the crude has gone up, because the crude has fallen down again. And I think it is possible that India may have uh, rid out that crisis. Let's wait and see how it goes. S&P futures fall slightly as markets try to finish the best week since November 2020. Sir, Markets appear to be coming back again. They, the Dow had gone up to 36,000 and then it slipped back to 32. And now I think it's somewhat uh, around halfway. How do you see the headwinds coming out of interest raises, sir? Do you think the Dow will continue its march forward? Um, much depends on the geopolitical situation. Right now, the markets are focused more on the earnings. The interest rate hikes will take some more time for it to kick in. Um, only one uh, interest rate hike has uh, has uh, been announced by the Fed. Uh, the flow on effect of that, you will see it in the second quarter earnings. Uh, and if there is a second high that is projected, then you may begin to see some tapering around the third quarter. The latent demand as well as cash reserves that the institutions have built up, we will still finish a very strong 2022, perhaps not as strong as 2021, but we can, we will probably finish as strong as uh, 20, um, uh, you know, a strong year in 2022. The fact that we quickly uh, accelerated from, as you rightly said, from 32 back to we are around 34,000 plus. Um, very soon we could be, uh, you know, back at the 36,000, and then also the uh, S&P crossing, you know, 4,900 mark pretty soon. So right now, without the geopolitical. Uh, you know, without further understanding the geopolitical consequences, there is a there is clearly a positive momentum all around the world, not just in uh, United U.S. markets. And that's it for today, folks. We'll be back again on Wednesday with the same news, with the same team. Thank you, Sridharji, and we'll see you all soon on Wednesday. Namaskar. Namaskar. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.